0: I'm your host, Kaylee, and this is Rebel Wellness. Welcome to the Rebel Wellness Podcast, a holistic approach to personal health, empowering like-minded women to break free from today's diet culture. I'm your host, Kaylee, also known as Coach Kales, and I wanted to invite you to join us on this journey to embrace a healthier, stronger, and more resilient life. Say goodbye to unrealistic body standards and conflicting health advice, and welcome into your new world of a customized lifestyle that nurtures your mind, body, and soul. Rebel Wellness is your new home if you believe in true wellness beyond just diet and exercise and are ready to align with your unique needs and values. All right, all right, all right. Here we are, another Hot Take Summer episode, and uh, today is probably the most spicy topic of all of them, because it's the topic of always, you know, I I think I didn't intend for a lot of my coaching to go in the direction of centric around this topic, but it is the billion dollar industry that is uh, stimulating so much more than just diet pills and things like that. So today we are tackling my hot take on fat loss, dieting in general, not necessarily talking about specific diets, but just fat loss as a whole. So this is easily one of the most divisive and confusing Uh, industries in our society and it's also a very sensitive topic. So if you are somebody who is triggered or just sensitive to the topic of fat loss, I definitely encourage you to just prepare that. This is honestly, my take is always a very holistic and less polarizing opinion because I want you to understand your body and find a deeper love for your body. So I will preface that my take on fat loss is hopefully not going to be triggering because I want you to see it from a different light, from a place of doing it for health, not doing it for uh, punishment or just looking like everybody else or whatever, you know? So I do want to say that first off because I do know that there are people who, no matter how you approach fat loss, it can be triggering for them, maybe people with eating disorders and such. So I definitely just want to make sure that that's transparent from the get, because um, if you didn't see the title of this when you clicked on it to stream it, um, we are talking all things fat loss today. So there's your opportunity to kind of just set the stage internally for this chat. It's also important to know that I am coming at this with the scope of the United States, but I know plenty well this isn't just a booming U.S. industry. It's everywhere, and frankly, I know from my experience with um, a lot of different Asian cultures and South American and, I mean, honestly, European, like everywhere, This the the female body specifically, because this is mostly who I'm speaking to, the female body is constantly judged. It's constantly poked and prodded and praised and then at the same breath scorned and made fun of, you know. And a lot of it centers around your body fat. And it's fascinating how much power an organ that literally is there to take care of us and keep us healthy with albeit like obviously it's different when you're in a unhealthy fat percentage, but we'll get into that in a moment. But as a whole, the fact of how your body looks with more body fat on it or with less body fat is ultimately a lot of our worth or value in society. And even though we may not perceive it that way, a lot of our choices in life are centric around this and a lot of the way we feel about ourselves and what we think about every day is centric around this. So similar to my last conversation on episode 32 about this major way we sabotage ourselves with our health journey, um, I wanted to kind of piggyback off that and have a conversation about some of my top tips and my overall hot take on fat loss in general to kind of share this bigger, well-rounded perspective in hopes that you can sculpt yours to be maybe a little different, maybe a little healthier, maybe a little more understanding, you know? So I hope that if anything, you come out of this chat today with a lot more confidence and understanding about what you specifically want for yourself and how you perceive your body. A lot of us females struggle more and more and more with body dysmorphia, and that is a real thing. So again, if you are somebody who finds all of these thoughts and concepts to become like Constantly consuming you, that would be a great opportunity for you to reach out and pro- potentially work with somebody who specializes in any level of body dysmorphia or any eating disorder help, like therapists and things like that, because they can be a great resource for you to kind of like dissect and heal from being so centric on these topics. So that's something very important I thought to make sure we address, but. It's also a lot of why I wanted to do this Hot Take Summer on this topic. So again, in today's chat, I'm going to cover some of the most insightful tips and tricks that I've learned to help my clients achieve their best health over the last decade of coaching. And some of these concepts are not the run-of-the-mill advice. So I'm really curious to hear your feedback if any of this spoke to you or was eye-opening or you've never heard before, because I'm pretty confident at least one thing of this chat today will be kind of new to you, perhaps. But with that said, I would love for you to join our community on at Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram or my flagship coaching page at Coach by Kales. That would be a great place for us to connect and say hello. And I do have some awesome stuff that I'm offering everybody who is not currently a client or doesn't want to go the one-on-one route, but would love access to a lot of my wealth of knowledge and teaching. So if you want to join my newsletter at CoachKales.com, or you can check out my stand store for some freebies. I've got some really awesome free available things there at stan.store backslash kales so connect with me in any of those ways utilize any of my resources and um, I'd love to hear any of your feedback so again let me know if anything was eye-opening to you because this is a great conversation so let's dive in first things first I encourage anyone listening to consider looking into whether or not they actually need to lose body fat. Have you asked yourself that before? Do you really need to lose body fat? Is this something you're like programmed to believe? Is this something that other people believe about you, but may not actually be true, which happens all the freaking time. Like, let me tell you the amount of times clients, moms or grandmas make comments or even dads, like it's sometimes even worse when it comes from a male figure in your family. Um, We'll make comments about your body like, ooh, you put on a little bit of weight. Are you working on losing weight? Or make comments about your food you're eating. Maybe you shouldn't be eating that. You know, so much unsolicited advice or comments that, like, come from them. They come from their own insecurities and their own thought processes. And they act like, oh, I'm just trying to help you or I'm just, you know, this or that. So they get kind of masked with this whole side that makes you believe, oh, they're just looking out for my best interest. And my best interest is that I lose five more pounds, you know, bullshit like that, honestly. And sometimes I have to kind of wake my clients up to realize that like your body right now is potentially with maybe a little more muscle, which we'll do that. We can put some muscle on together. (laughs) Your body is somebody's end goal. Your body is somebody's goal of health because We are all trained to believe that no matter where we're at, we're not good enough, our body is not lean enough, whatever. And so this is a really important conversation to have with yourself because understanding your health look so different than what we think is health the cover of health magazine all of those girls like I've known several of them fun enough and all of them talk about the fact that their the way they walked into that photo shoot to be the cover of a magazine was literally two hours of their day when they are dry as like dry as in depleted of water and everything to get their muscles to pop to look as lean as possible so that they could get the airbrush to show more of their muscles on this cover and then basically the moment they step out of that photo shoot and are done they don't look a thing like that anymore because they're eating like mad people um they don't always just binge afterwards but the moment they their body gets carbs again or things that put water back into your body and that's not unhealthy that's natural and that's why your body does it so instantaneously is because it's like this sucked i do not want to be here anymore that is a sign that your body is like okay, we are totally in an unsafe zone. We are not healthy. So they immediately go and eat more food and fill back up and fill out quote unquote, meaning that their muscle cuts, the tone that everybody's searching for goes away. So it is not healthy to ever look that way. But we are trained to believe that like, unless I look closer to that, or unless I have ab lines, or unless I have huge glutes, you know, that I don't look good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not healthy enough, whatever. This may not be for everybody, like not everybody feels that way, but at some point, a lot of us kind of give up on that and we kind of still beat ourselves up, even if we know we're not trying to attain that, we still think some form of something closer to that might be better, might be healthier, we might feel better in that. Maybe I'll start dressing more fashionably once I look that way, you know? And those are all supernatural thoughts, Um, not supernatural, not like Superman, (laughs) more like they're very natural thoughts. And I want you to know that, like, I hear you. I totally feel this. And this is something that even I go through. So do know that I'm extra sensitive to this topic because it's something that every single one of my clients has gone through. Like, I can't tell you a single client of mine that hasn't had a form of an eating disorder Ever, of my females. I can say easily that several of my male clients have never dealt with eating disorders, but several of them have, like a good amount of people have. Um, if people are more concerned about their physique, aka usually why they hire a trainer, maintaining a physique or whatever, not in a vain way. It can be vain. It can be also just because they prioritize their health, which a large majority of my clients are about prioritizing their health but also looking good but not necessarily like being so hardcore about it but all that to say um I haven't had a female client that hasn't had a form of an eating disorder in their entire life whether it was in middle school whether it was in high school whether it was in adulthood Um, there's not a single person who hasn't had some form of that, um, at different capacities because it doesn't just look like restriction or making yourself throw up. Like I know we understand anorexia or bulimia as two major eating disorders, but eating disorders look like so many different things. So I want to make sure that even though it was like a little bit of a tangent and, but this is kind of how hot takes go. (laughs) I want to have this conversation with you about understanding whether or not you actually understand if you have to lose more fat. Maybe you're actually in a really great body fat percentage. Maybe you're trying to have babies in the next five years and you really shouldn't lose more body fat because you're in a really good fertile state. Um, Healthy bodies don't look the way that social media portrays them to. Healthy bodies don't look the way that the cover of a magazine looks. There's so many ways that we believe that health should look a certain leanness, but in reality, true health for a female body looks like all of the different sculptures Michelangelo did. You know, like bodies that like had some belly fat, had a little bit thicker arms, were a little softer on the booty, you know. That's a body fat percentage that is fertility, that is health, that is balance for a female. When we get into that under 20% body fat, um, when it's outside of our genetics, like we don't actually thrive. We actually struggle. And that's where we see people lose their periods, which is not a good sign. That is the opposite of fertility. And whether or not you actually want kids Fertility matters because it's a picture of what health is really going on with you. If you're a female and you're not ovulating naturally, having that good balance between your estrogen and progesterone, you know, all these things that you can get checked with like a good functional medicine doctor or naturopathic doctor. I wish I could say the modern medicine route would do that for you too, but they don't. Unfortunately, Um, if you've heard me in many other podcasts before, you do know that there are a lot of places where um, conventional medicine falls short. So this is why you need to have a comprehensive care team for yourself. You need to have a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor on deck on one side, and then you need to have your conventional medicine through your health insurance if you are fortunate enough to have health insurance on the other side. But there's also doctors on all sides that you can pay out of pocket. You should figure out those things for yourself because that also is a big picture of what's going on with your health. But all that to say, I really want you to understand that Our picture of what a body fat percentage that is healthy is is actually a lot larger gap than we think. And so, um, what, no matter what size or what genetics you are, being anywhere from 20% to 38 or 40% body fat can be perfectly healthy and balanced. Some people who go by like the book of old fashioned teaching are gonna be like, oh my God, nothing over 35 is healthy. Yeah, okay, but let's talk about other ethnicities because. Pacific Islanders, African-Americans, like there's so many different genetic backgrounds that actually are very healthy in that 40% body fat zone. Over the course of my decade of coaching women, I have literally trained all different, okay, maybe not all, but a huge spread of different ethnicities. Um, I, if you don't know me personally, I am a half and half, I'm a hopper. So that means I am half Japanese, Filipino, Hawaiian, et cetera. And then the other half of me is German, Norwegian, um, and some other things on that side. And so I'm kind of in that racially ambiguous zone, but it's very interesting to see how my genetics have kind of played out for what is my personal healthiest place. So understanding your genetic background is really important. Maybe you were never meant to be under 25% body fat. So you fighting to get that lean may never happen because your body is going to be like, nope, nope, nope. This is not the homeostasis I want. And the female body in general, especially as you're an adult, is harder and harder to get to respond to fat loss because it just, it really wants to stay consistent. If your body is constantly yo-yoing back and forth between high body fat percentage to low, Because of whatever diet or fad diet or Ozempic or whatever you're taking, it's really unhealthy for your body. Um, As you know, from the chat on episode 32 about the hamster wheel that you get stuck on, that's not good for your body. And it gets more and more stubborn as you do that. So the more you kind of restrict, lose weight, and then gain, the harder it is for your fat cells in your body to respond to a fat loss deficit. Because it's gone through this before and it's trying to get more efficient at keeping you in a healthier state. This is negative for those of us who have goals to actually get to maybe a healthier body fat percentage. Um, So it's really important to understand that the more you yo-yo, the harder it is to get to a good balanced state so I always recommend you want to go to a position where you get to that healthy zone and maybe you kind of alternate around a two or three percent body fat percentage up or down but if you can get to a place where you're very comfortable in your skin and happy with that body fat percentage you're going to thrive longer because you're not going to be kind of trying to shoot yourself into this like really lean state that your body will never maintain on its own because the body does 100% and we're studying it a lot more now, but the body does get to a position where it'll fight back, it'll make you hungrier, it'll put fat on faster, or it'll be way more stubborn and like not let you move that fat. Um, There's a multitude of studies about that now, especially for people who bounce back and forth between morbid obesity, again, for the medical term, not for any sort of the shame or anything that comes with that term behind it. When people get up into that 45, 50, 60% body fat, um, when they lose a significant amount of weight and then they gain it again, their body gets really good at near impossible for you to, um, lose it again and that's where we're finding intricacies to this kind of obesity crisis that we're going through because it's not as simple as we think and this is new science so if you're somebody who maybe was medically trained or has never heard of this before (laughs) google it it's uh, peer-reviewed articles that are available on many different platforms especially if you have access to like the ones that are correlated to schools and stuff like that uh you're going to find some really fascinating stuff that we're finding. But even the New York times put out an article several years ago about this concept where it's not as easy as just eat less, move more. You know, I, I don't really love the calories in calories out thing because it's just, it doesn't work that way for everyone anymore. And that's not a cop out. That's just facts because we're actually seeing like, wow, there are a whole bunch of differences to these metabolic disorders that are becoming more proliferative In our society, just by our lifestyles and how we're eating and then several generations into those same lifestyles and eating and what is that doing to our genetics? What is that doing to our gut bacteria? How's that affecting us? You know, it's fascinating, but I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole too much. Um, But I want to make sure that you understand that because that's very important to know and understand because it's sometimes not you. I've had a lot of clients that got started on dieting early. And the way it messes with your head and the way it messes with your body is like a lifetime thing. So having some grace with your origin story, so to speak, we'll call it that. Having some grace with that and understanding that there's not a lot you can change about maybe the yo-yoing that you had growing up. Or maybe the huge hormonal imbalance that the lifestyle your parents raised you in inflicted on you. But what you do have a lot of control over is your next moves. Then The way that you have a mindset around your body and the way you view food and movement, you know, viewing that from a healthier perspective is going to be the game changer for your long-term game. And the long-term game is what we're all trying to play, right? If you're listening to this podcast, you're here for the long-term game, uh, which means that you want to be around, you want to thrive, you want to enjoy life. And a lot of that does not look like chasing fat loss your entire fucking life, okay? So I want to I want you to know that as well. So another important topic to think about is that if your goal is to thrive, look your best and have healthy hormone balance, which coincides with thriving and all of that, you're going to want to maintain the physique once you reach it. So you want to get there healthfully. So that does not look like crash dieting and it doesn't look like ozempic and it doesn't look like We or it doesn't look like, uh, metformin, you know, any of those things that like are actually mostly just for diabetics. What it does look like is aiming for a body fat percentage. That's anywhere from like 23% up to 35%. Um, some people even love the way they look at 36%, you know, and those are perfectly healthy body fat percentages. Some people would be like, Oh my God, I can't imagine being that body fat percentage. Well, first off, Females need 10% more on average body fat percentage than the male body. So do not ever compare yourself to your husband, to your partner, or any of the scales that males' bodies are on because they have a whole different physiology. Um, I know that's kind of up for discussion right now, but we're just going to like leave it at the facts of what I know from working with thousands of women and being professionally educated in this zone. Okay, but females body fat percentage is much higher because it does a lot more things. I mean, we create humans, we're the ones who create the humans. So we need it for more than just insulation. You know, it's not just jiggly blubber that's just hanging out there. And Western medicine, like some of you know, because I've said this many times, a lot of Western medicine follows charts that were developed by Caucasian background scientists who only studied people that were Caucasian. So, a lot of these genetics are not put into a more comprehensive, inclusive scale. So, a lot of body composition scales are old fashioned. I don't go buy them. I don't encourage my clients to. When I have them go get like DEXA scans or in body scans, there's always that generic scale that's on there and it like grades them basically of like where they're at. I tell them to throw that away. It doesn't matter, especially if they have any sort of. Pacific Islander or black or certain Asians, like there's so many different um, ethnic backgrounds that don't fit on that scale. So it's like, I really wish they would kind of change it, but you may follow BMI. Like everybody follows BMI because it's what their doctors say. Oh, your BMI is, is kind of high. So BMI is your body mass index. It's just your weight divided by your height. And there's so much discrepancies in this because every single client of mine that has a really healthy body fat percentage, has a lot of muscle comes in on high on the BMI scale because muscle weighs more and it's smaller or muscle basically is a third to a fourth of the size in mass of fat, but it weighs the same as that. So basically if you closed your fist, you would need four fists. And four fists would be a fat blob. And one fist is muscle. So muscle will weigh the same as four fists of fat. (laughs) So basically, it's one of those things where the mass doesn't always mean that it's healthier or less healthy just because it weighs a certain way. So it's very archaic. I hate BMI. A lot of us hate BMI. But it is a great way for large census governmental estimates to take general bmis or general health metrics from the public okay so they use it because everybody has a license okay almost everybody has a license but they can take their height and their weight because on your license has your height and your weight so they wanted to find a way to get general census understanding of what's going on with the health of everybody and yada yada so it's the easiest way for them to guess that from that data right But otherwise, the best way to actually assess the health of a population is to run their body fat percentage through some sort of standardized body fat uh, measure, such as like a DEXA scan or a BOD pod or a hydrostatic weighing, you know, those would be the better way to understand generally what is going on. However, most of that is similar in a huge scale to BMI. So therefore, that's why they do that. However, for the individual, if you don't know what your actual body fat percentage is, I would look online, either search for an in-body scan. That one has a 5 to 7% variance of accuracy. So it may not be actually all that accurate to you, but it'll be close. But they're usually free and they're located at a lot of different gyms, chiropractors, other health clinics. So they're an easy way for you to access a pretty minimal way of checking what your body fat is and your lean muscle mass highly recommend that again that's one of my best tips for starting a fat loss phase is you need to figure out what your body fat percentage is then you can also explore if you want to go more hardcore and get a more accurate scan dexa scan d-e-x-a um, that is going to be the same thing as a bone density scan because they use it, they used to use it more so in hospitals and stuff for figuring out like if somebody's at risk for osteoporosis and things like that. However, they discovered that it's actually safe to use for the general public because it also gives you your body fat percentage um, and distribution as well as your muscle mass, um, which can be extremely important information for a lot of people who are tracking their all of that. Um, so DEXA scans are easy. They're usually going to run you anywhere from 45 to $90, usually. Depends where you live. And bod pods, you sit in a little pod in like your skivvies. <laughs> that was, I was channeling my grandma when I said that. Um, your underwear, basically. Or like Spanx and a sports bra. And you either blow out on this tube thing because it's, it's a very intricate displacement of air. And it kind of uses a, a different um, algorithm and calculation to calculate your body fat percentage. I've done both of those. I like the bod pod more, but DEXA is usually more readily available. So those are my top two. Hydrostatic weighing is almost hardly ever available anywhere now, it seems. Um, And also you get wet because you go underwater and it's like this calculation as well, the displacement of your mass, yada, yada. So those are the top gold standards of body fat percentage estimators. But Out of all of those, if you're like trying to get as accurate as possible, you're going to want to just probably find a DEXA scan because those are pretty readily available. But you need to know your body fat percentage and your lean muscle amount to start a true fat loss phase because you need to understand, are you in a position where your fat percentage is on the unhealthy side in comparison or in um, contrast to your muscle mass? I like to see much more muscle on most females, Um, not in a way where you need to look all jacked and stuff, but in a way where your muscle is so much more than just looking toned. Your muscle has a lot of benefits that it does, especially for the female body, that is worth your time and effort. Muscle is the organ that participates in so much, including detox or your detox pathways in general, metabolism, hormone balance, blood sugar balance, and so much more. More than just strength and having muscle tone on your body. It is amazing at managing all of those things and more Just by simply putting on some, you don't have to put on crazy amounts, but you do want to see a good amount on your body. And the more you have, the more metabolically active you are, which means that you can eat more (laughs) and not have to do as much. It's amazing. But more than just that, it really helps keep so many ducks in a row, honestly, for your body and the less muscle you have and the more fat you have, whether or not you're, you're skinny fat or not. Um, like you might look like so many people will be like, oh, she's so skinny. I don't know how she got so sick or whatever, you know? And then you're like, oh, she had like no muscle. Her hormones were all over the place. She wasn't eating enough and she had too high of a body fat percentage. Still, you could still be skinny and have too high of a body fat percentage. If you inverse it by increasing your muscle percentage, your lean mass, you're in a way better spot than a lot of the people who just look skinny and can't lift a, 50 pound bag off the ground, you know? So always important to prioritize adding muscle. So my first tip for fat loss, I don't know if I'm gonna call that my first because I had so many other tips in there, but one of my best tips for fat loss is that you should focus the most on adding muscle to your body and fat loss will follow. If your body is in a position where it's actually like not stoked at how much body fat is on it, adding muscle is going to metabolically stimulate your body And help your body get rid of some of that excess fat that really doesn't want to be there. That's just kind of hanging out like excess energy being like, hey, are you going to use me yet? It will get used when you start putting on lean muscle. So my best tip is to stop focusing on losing fat. Start focusing on putting on muscle. Passively, I always do this to my clients, whether or not they really realize it or not. I am always just trying to make them put on more muscle because fat loss follows If they have a horrible diet or horrible lifestyle in the way of like their stress management and their food and all that kind of stuff, it's really hard for us to achieve that in a faster timeline. But regardless, every time everyone puts on more muscle, everything else follows suit and their body looks way sexier, way more uh, perkiness, you know, they're so much stronger, they've got so much energy, they're sleeping better, you know, there's so many great benefits to putting on more muscles. So another thing I'll say about my hot take is that fat loss will follow good muscle gain. And it helps you take the stress off of trying to just see the fat number move, when you focus on making the muscle number move and that looks like good quality sleep enough complete proteins to maintain your current lean muscle mass and add to it i would listen to my episode on protein which i believe is episode 20 for the macro series in may go back to that if you want all the things on protein but you do need protein for muscle because that's the building block of muscle and it needs to be complete it can't be collagen you know go listen to the collagen episode <laughs> and um All of that stuff is really important for you to um, nail down as well as stimulate the muscle enough to make it grow. You're not going to make muscles grow if you don't make them struggle. And that doesn't mean you have to go balls to the wall doing CrossFit or Orange Theory because, frankly, a lot of those sports, if they're not done properly, do not increase muscle. You just need to follow a good program follow some good compound lifts, keep increasing your weights week to week, you know, taking some rest weeks, and you're going to see some amazing change. It's not too hard. It is just dedication and effort that needs to be applied. And You don't actually have to do it very many days a week. Like honestly, if most of my clients could achieve three to four workouts a week, two or three of those being full body, or if you're doing four workouts a week, two upper Everything upper body to everything lower body. Those are great workout splits, we call them. So, workout programs for every week for you to achieve some good long term success and a physique that you're really happy about. Okay. So best thing you can do is put on muscle. Okay. Do not be afraid of putting on muscle and feel free. If you want programming, I do programming for clients that are full customized programs to whatever you need. I can do that. Reach out to me on at coach by Kales, or you can reach out to me on coachkales.com. If you need that. But overall, there's an a million amazing resources out there to put on muscle. So take advantage of all that free shit because it's everywhere. But don't get lost in following all these like weird workouts from all these fitness influencers because odds are they're not actually doing that workout all the time. They're just doing it for show to kind of show off their butt muscles. You know, there's a lot of different reasons people do these weird things online, and it's like that's not actually how they put that muscle on or how they built that body. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> beware of that. But I would go for great resources of people that are actually certified or people like me who have an actual degree who spent concerted effort learning kinesiology, physiology, you know, all the things that are actually really important for somebody to understand to make you move better, get stronger, all that good stuff. So the other thing I would say that's really important. That i recommend for fat loss to all my clients is that your dieting should never be open-ended this is a huge problem that we have all the time now and it's probably because a lot of people don't know how long they should actually be putting in concerted effort to losing fat or not so you need a specific timeline um it needs to be time restricted so i don't like people dieting any less than maybe six weeks and any more than maybe 15 weeks. If you are exceeding that or doing less than that, you're not really gonna see much progress or success, so I wouldn't even waste your time. If you are willing to dedicate yourself for that many weeks, I usually say 10 to 15 weeks is a great dieting phase. 15 weeks means that you're really slowly decreasing your calories and changing your macronutrients to support a fat loss deficit. Deficit means you're removing your calories lower than your total daily energy expenditure which means that you should be in that position where metabolically your body wants to lose fat you cannot really lose fat standardly in a deficit without a deficit but how you create that deficit can look different for other people because that's not always just calories in calories out because we are learning now especially the female body can protect itself by even if you're eating really low calories it'll kind of pare down your metabolism which means that it's going to meet a really low threshold. So it's going to match you at your 1300 calories a day, which no adult female should ever be eating under 1500 calories a day, in my opinion, and a lot of other professionals opinions. Um, You should never be eating under that. So if a diet puts you under that many calories, you're going to be starving yourself. You're going to be very unhappy and it's not going to be good for your hormones, your thyroid, all those things. But it is important for you to understand that You should not be dieting for very long. It should be a very concerted short-term chapter of your life. You should move into a a maintenance phase, which means that you're just eating at your total daily energy expenditure or a little bit more or a little bit less. Your body fat's not going to respond to that. You can eat around that and maintain your body weight that you get to with after a deficit. And then you can maybe look into doing another deficit after that. But you just really don't want to be going like constantly open-ended dieting because there's a no joy in that. It's pretty miserable. B, you're going to be very confused. Your body's going to be like, "What are we doing? Like why are we staying in this starved state?" And that's where we're seeing a lot of these women in their 40s and 50s going through early onset dementia and Alzheimer's because they've been starving themselves for so long. And it's an un it's it's an ugly truth, but it's the true science that's going on behind a lot of these things. A lot of people are like, why is this happening? This is so fascinating. Well, because a lot of these women that are hitting their fifties now lived in this age where we demonized fat. Fat is innately important for our thyroid health, our brain health, for everything. So they've been restricting themselves from these really important omega-3s, omega-6s, other fatty acids, and other purposes that fat have in the body. Again, listen to the fat episode from the macros in May uh, if you want to learn more, but that's really bad long-term, so much so that we're seeing these really early brain degenerative diseases come through, especially for women specifically, because they've been just starving themselves. And it's, it's like devastating for me to see this. Because it's not, it doesn't have to happen, you know. So if you are under 40 or whatever, or maybe you're over 50 and you're worried about that, start paying more attention to your good quality fats, but make sure that you're eating balanced meals. You want rounded meals, you want a good quality fat, a lean protein, or just a protein in general, because a regular protein can have good quality fats in it for you, because animal fats are not bad for you, despite what that chunk of generation taught us. (laughs) And Um, whole grains and some good fiber sources and veggies. You know, if you make that into every single meal, you're going to be so much better off um, and healthier long-term than just trying to restrict this or that, or blah, 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 you know, following old diet science and tabloid kind of shit. You know what I mean? (laughs) So you really want to be careful about following ridiculously strict diets um, unless it's a nutritional intervention that is being uh, consulted by a medical professional Um, if that's not the case you should never be following a ridiculously strict diet that removes entire food groups from your body because i am seeing a multitude of people restricting themselves from really nutrient dense things like animal food sources Um, especially with kind of like the vegan movement it's kind of going in a way that is not long term like There's a lot of things to be benefited by doing a short-term vegan diet, but long-term we have a lot of evidence that it is not healthy for the body, especially the female body long-term, especially if you're raised on animal meats. If you were never raised on animal products, you have a better chance of a long-time life without animal products. However, we don't have a single gender or a country or group in our entire country's history or not even our country in the world's history that doesn't have some sort of animal based product in it because our ancestors know how nutrient dense they are and how necessary it is and so many nutrients from plants cannot be absorbed by the body so um i don't want to get too much into that but it is important to understand that we can't restrict ourselves from an entire food group and expect to be healthy long term our body has reserves once our reserves start to run out because we've restricted ourselves from something following some sort of fad diet or some sort of whatever, up to the five year or so point, we start to see huge hormone imbalances. We start to see a lot of different things go wrong. And that is where I've met over 50 women who did vegan for so long and then were literally in a position where they had to get out of it because their health was like, declining rapidly their fertility went away they were on literally death death's bed you know like they were so close to like having a very horrible malnourished state and so I want to encourage you to understand that you don't have to remove or follow crazy fad diets to be healthy that is also a big fat loss tip for you do not feel the need to do that find what works for you Find what balance works for you. Maybe you incorporate animal products two days out of the week and that's it. You can thrive on that. But long-term, I have yet to see somebody thrive for an entire lifespan without animal products. It's very risky, especially if you were raised eating animal products, because that's how your body learned to assimilate various vitamins and minerals that are natural and necessary for your brain, your hormone health, your body, et cetera. So I know that that sometimes can be kind of touchy because there's a lot of different Um, biased information out there, but coming from somebody who has tried veganism and tried to see it and observed various vegan clients, my vegan clients that come to me and then move into bringing some animal products back into their life naturally, like sustainably sourced well raised, you know, all that kind of stuff, their health exponentially increases once they start to reincorporate them. So it is really important to understand that not everything you see or read is always true, you have to learn what works for you You have to be okay with what you want to do. And you have to stop letting other people's opinions, or thoughts or anecdotal experiences influence you because if your body isn't doing that, it's not working for you the same way. So take charge of your health, And know that you have the complete power over your health. It doesn't matter if anything is like contradictory to what you said you were trying to do or if it was a movement that you were trying to follow and then like it didn't work for your health because a lot of people bail out of things like veganism because of that, you know. So it's really important that you do know that you should not be taking entire food groups out of your body unless you understand the implications for the long term and that doesn't mean that you're going to have a better trajectory with fat loss. Um, I would say large, largely a lot of my plant-based clients have a harder time with fat loss because they're not utilizing the power of complete proteins from well-raised, natural, sustainably sourced animal proteins and things. So that's a really important topic that I hope you can understand that a lot of us, even doctors in this state of nutrition, are very passionate about because there's a lot of misinformation surrounding taking entire food groups out of your body and just being like, why is my health going to shit? And it's like, well, we know why. <laughs> so just just take away the dogma, take away all this stuff and just like take care of yourself and you'll see that like you can find a balance that supports your mission and also supports your health because- your health is so important, you know, it's so important. So, um, the other thing that I want to make sure that you understand is that you should not be following too many different voices in the dieting space. So going back around to like health talk or Instagram, following like a bajillion different, like nutritionists and fitness people and whatever, um, because it's going to become really confusing for you because there's so many different opinions and experiences and people only just share what they've experienced. Um, some of them, are more like me and like to combine like other people's experiences, even though if it wasn't their own and kind of share that information. However, a lot of them only share their own experience. And if they're that one chick who like in early college decided to do bodybuilding competitions and thinks she knows everything about nutrition and how to keep a lean body and be strong, that's going to be really detrimental to you. If you're like a mom who's had multiple kids and does not have a lifestyle where you can just go to the gym every day and pay $80 for organic fruit, you know, because that's just unrealistic, but that's probably what they do. So be very careful of who you follow and what people you digest every day, because it's going to muddy the waters of your understanding of your own health and nutrition. So like, I like to tell people pick like three or four people in nutrition two to three or four people in fitness that you follow consistently and make sure that they all kind of align with what feels right for you and what's working for you. Be careful that you don't kind of like put yourself in a box with it because there's a lot to be said about curating dangerous content because there's a lot of that out there, but you'll know what it is when you feel it and when you're experiencing it. And if it's not working for you, like if you've been following something for multiple years and you're not in a place where you're happier, Um, If you put your ego aside, you know, you might realize that like, Okay maybe something i'm following isn't right you know um or maybe something that somebody has been saying a lot that i've not been trying is is probably worth trying finally you know so but be careful because when you exceed that like three or four voices in those spaces it becomes a big conglomeration of different personalities different experiences different genetics and it just kind of can become a clusterfuck for your brain and honestly i see it constantly now like my clients who are avid tiktok scrollers are probably more confused even though they have me as a health coach because they're also following all these other health coaches or just randos that look like the pinnacle of health and they're just spitting their own experience you know and it's like eh you're making this way harder for me and for you. (laughs) So I would be very careful about what you digest um, as far as your media consumption goes. That is a huge tip. I kind of mentioned that in the hamster wheel of like dissatisfaction episode on episode 32, but I do want to make sure that you understand that because it's very unique to these times now and it's very important to understand and super true. So be careful, be careful who you follow. And I always would say, if you take somebody's word as gold, I would make sure that you like look on their background, if they have a website or anything like that, or you can Google them, see if they have qualifications anywhere. Like all of my qualifications are on my LinkedIn they're on my website. You know, I talk about it a lot. I take my education very seriously and there's actually a lot of stuff that I've uh, furthered my education on that I don't even have on those websites because it's just like, it looks really extra (laughs) to have this big list because you don't necessarily need all these accolades and things, but it is important for things like nutrition and strength training, even, and things like that, like places where you could get hurt or you can develop a disorder or you can have some sort of health implications in general, you really want to make sure that who you're following actually has some credibility behind them and takes the time to share that with you to be like, Hey, look, I've done all these things because I care about giving you the best service possible and the best education possible versus I'm hot and I work out a lot and you should just follow me because I want your money. Cause that's honestly a lot of the people in the media world right now because it makes them so much money because you're just like damn I want that body I'm gonna follow everything she says and then none of it works for you or dang she looks like she knows exactly what she's talking about because she's again her body or her face or whatever and she talks really funny and like she's entertaining she must know really good stuff about nutrition but in reality she just is like a newborn baby out of her dietitian program and she's using her rd little letters in front of her name to basically make her look like She's super uh, knowledgeable in a large spread of clients, but she's barely worked with very many clients. She's just learned from a textbook. And there's a lot to be said about field research and experience versus just what you learn in school. So I'm not throwing shade at them. It's just those are like kind of some dangerous situations that are really common right now. And I see it all the time because I know them because I know a lot of these people because I follow them. And I'm like, I've heard their stories. You know, I've been in coaching groups with them. And then I watch them on Instagram. And I'm like, wow, you really have not experienced very many women yet, have you? (laughs) Because that only works on a textbook that doesn't actually like work in real life. So I want to share that with you so that you understand that those people are out there. And they look very good and shiny on paper. But you should do a little background research before you put a lot of stock in them. Okay, I'm gonna end that on that. But um, the last thing I will say is that you do want to make sure that you're picking goals that are realistic because all of these things that we're talking about today, if you're setting goals for yourself with your fat loss that are not realistic, like you're really stressed, you have no time to put towards your meal prep and your stress management and your fitness or whatever. Maybe that's a chapter where you should stop focusing so hardcore on fat loss. Maybe you should just take care of yourself. Maybe you should just sit there and give yourself some space to exist as you are now so that you can manage all this other stuff that you care about and that you're really passionate about in this moment that happens for so many of my clients sometimes I just have to tell them let's not lose fat right now this isn't a good time because losing fat in general is a stressful mechanism in the body it's stress because your body is like whoa I need to use my fat stores uh, because we're not getting enough food we're in a deficit whatever you know We're expending more than we're eating, that kind of jazz. That's not a good place to add to if your life is currently very stressful. So that could look like so many things. Maybe you have two kids, you've got a newborn, or maybe you are juggling a huge project at work for several months. Don't be in a fat loss phase. Do not focus on fat loss during that time because you can't do all the things. I'm sorry to tell you, but you cannot juggle all of those things at once and succeed. Something has to go wayside or You can choose to just be in a chapter where you are confident and fine with where you are physically and you're just either going to exist in that space, take care of yourself, nourish yourself, do the best you can to make it through the stressful phase or whatever's going on. And then when you get into another phase where it makes more sense to put some concerted effort into fat loss, then do that. You know, So I really want you to understand that because it's so important to know that chapters of your life are not meant for, for fat loss. We like to think that at any point in time, we can do fat loss or fat loss is good for us. But in general, you really don't want to be constantly in a dieting phase. It just is not conducive to happiness, to health to actually succeeding, you know, if if those of us who are listening to this have been constantly trying to diet here and there and never succeeded, that's probably because A, you didn't make a time-restricted plan, didn't follow a very specific deficit, or you were in a phase where it did not make sense for you to try to lose fat and you're just trying to like sprinkle water on a fire and like, why didn't I put it out? You know, because you're not gonna, because it's like the fire is burning way too hard. You're not gonna make it through a stressful phase and lose fat healthfully, because that's just not how it's supposed to happen. Because your body is just not going to be like, I don't know why I'm doing this. Why are we doing this? I don't want to do this. I need to protect you. I need to keep the fat on you because we're not sure what's going on with you. Okay. So kind of layman's terms, but I want to kind of describe it in that way for you so that you understand that not every chapter of your life is meant to be in a fat loss phase. And I don't think enough people understand that because I see it all the time. I have experienced it myself. Like I actually, 2021 and 2022, I gave myself permission to not diet at all, ever. And I lost some body fat and I gained some muscle naturally just because I found a good balance for myself and knew how to manipulate my macros and knew what was good for me, knew what felt good. But I gave myself permission to not diet for multiple years and it was amazing. I'm gonna talk more about that another time soon, especially on my social media. But if you've never done that before, I'm going to like extend that to you. Give yourself permission to not diet. That doesn't mean you're going to fall off. That just means that if you take care of yourself and you focus on nourishing foods, finding ways to move yourself that you enjoy walking more frequently, because there's nothing you can lose with walking more frequently, unless you live in a shifty part of town, but that's something else. Get a treadmill then. (laughs) But if you can just focus on that and then enjoy life or go through the stress of a newborn or whatever, and just take care of yourself, through it and not focus on losing the fat right away or getting your body back or whatever, you're going to find so much peace and happiness, and you will give yourself some space to maybe go into a true deficit, a true fat loss phase that is time restricted and make some good progress and feel happy about yourself. So, I want to end this conversation on that note because I think it's really important for you to understand fat loss isn't crazy hard to do. Sometimes it is for some people, but it depends on. If you're being realistic with your goals, if you're setting a timeline for it and understanding that following ridiculously strict diets and removing food groups from your diets, like none of that stuff is necessary for you to get into a body that's healthy thriving and carries you on for the long term so i hope some of that spoke to you and was eye-opening to you and i hope it encouraged you to understand that you are a lot more than your body fat percentage and maybe your body fat percentage has been healthy and fine this entire time and you've never known it okay I'm going to end this on that and I am so grateful for you taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope some of it spoke to you and I want to extend you a big hug if any of this was kind of like a lot going on, you know what I mean? But um, yes, so that's it for today's episode. I hope you celebrate your strength, nourishment, walk with confidence as always, and I'll catch you next week on another episode of Rebel Wellness. Thanks for tuning in to our latest episode of Rebel Wellness. If you've been enjoying our conversations around health, fitness, and wellness, we have some exciting news for you. We've recently launched an Instagram page for the Rebel Wellness Podcast, where we'll be sharing inspiring quotes from every episode, behind the scenes moments, and updates about upcoming episodes. So be sure to follow us at Rebel Wellness Podcast on Instagram to stay connected with our community and it's growing so i'm really excited about it that's not all though i also want to introduce you to at coach by kales which is my flagship fitness and wellness coaching business as i am so passionate about empowering individuals like you to live their healthiest and most enjoyable lives so if you would love to join me there as well follow my page for daily inspiration fitness tips nutrition tips sometimes even healthy recipes as well as debunking more myths around the health and fitness industry in general. By following both pages, you'll be joining a community of like-minded individuals who are all committed to living their best lives as well. So don't hesitate, hit that follow button and join us on this journey to wellness. Again, thank you for listening and I hope to catch you on the gram.